Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura, and alongside me, I got Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports Podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Uh, Continuing with our seven days a week content. Uh, Another... Great day in baseball. There's a lot of storylines that we want to talk about. Actually, a bit of news. There was a, kind of a big trade uh, that has some, I'd say, pretty big implications for both clubs. But uh, LJ, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get started. All right. Uh, I'll start with the Dodgers and the Giants. LJ and I have been talking about this series for a long time. We finally got to it. So, uh, this is game one. Both offenses, uh, they came out slow. We saw great pitching from both starters. Top three, Chris Taylor home run. That makes it 2 nothing. L.A. Dodgers. San Francisco, they're only able to manage one run on an error, and that's all they get. They lose 2-1. to one. They get shut down. They only get two hits in this game, and uh, Trevor Bauer for the Dodgers was outstanding tonight. Gets the win. Now is five and two on the year. Six and a third, two hits, no earned runs, and 11 Ks. Alex Wood got the start against his old team. He's now five and one on the year. Six innings, eight hits, two runs, and seven Ks. Blake Trinan with the second save of the season for him. And the Dodgers have won five in a row, nine of their last 10. Today will be Walker Bueller facing TBD. Yeah, you know, Brandon, um, my initial reactions to this um, first game of the series, of course, this shows every indication that this whole division race is going to be tight all year. And if the NL East continues in the way it's going right now, I will not be shocked when we get two teams from the NL West because they're doing just enough against each other to keep themselves in it and doing everything they have to against everyone else, playing great baseball all around. But when you look at it from the Giants' standpoint, you can't sweat this game. This is the reigning Cy Young winner. This is the guy that, frankly, should be considered a heavy, heavy contender for it right now. I mean, hypothetically... His, his bad luck and bad run support will even out by the end of the year. So there is no reason with the, how great he is playing right now that he will not be a serious contender going down the stretch for the Cy Young this year and Trevor Bauer. So you lost a 2-1 to one game against one of the best pitchers in baseball. 
that's nothing to get too down about. Go out there and fight the rest of this series, take a game or two, and then move on to next next weekend's series. You're you're putting yourself in a very good spot right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this was certainly a tough game for the Giants. They're throwing a guy out there in Alex Wood who has been uh really good for them this year. And mm-hmm. you know, when you only score one run, it's it's tough, especially when it's on an error. Uh, but the the Dodgers, I mean, LJ, I guess Trevor Bauer kind of not not a lucked out because he pitched fantastic, but only two runs of support for, for him. Uh, I don't know. Their offense seems a, like kind of hot and cold. I mean, we see them explode for a couple of games, and now it's just like, get back here. I mean, that is saying that San Francisco is 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 very good at pitching as well. So, you know, it's – it's interesting. Yeah, again, this is we were talking about them as possibly the best rotation in baseball here. Over these past couple of weeks, we've been saying we've been officially making that distinction. And when you look at the amount of injuries this Dodgers team has had, I'm still not surprised that they haven't fully figured things out on the offensive end. But Brandon, you're right. This could have been very different. This could have been very different situationally. I mean, just looking at that um, Trevor Bauer error, I mean, he stopped, paused, gathered himself, set his feet in order to promptly throw it over the first baseman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, he did everything right to throw it to the first baseman and then just didn't do that thing. And so if, if you had different guys on the base path, if you had guys in different spots, you're scoring more than one run. If I believe it was first and second was where the runners were. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, if that was second and third, you got two guys there. If that was I if that was somebody faster at first, you might make the argument of with how slow it went, maybe he rounds the round second to a convincing manner where he can get it. Actually, I don't even know even know if it got called dead. But if that, if that was the case of it called dead, a fast runner definitely could have scored on it if it just rolled down the line a bit. So, it w- isn't out of the realm of possibilities where you're talking about a 2-2 game after that error. And uh, something else interesting that happens in this game, Trevor Bauer gets a hit into right field, but whoever was playing right field was playing very shallow. I I believe Mike Yastrzemski and throws him out at first base. Uh, Something we don't see very often. You kind of need the right ball in the right place with a very slow pitcher, and it worked out perfect. Well, Brandon just stole my PPP, so um, I'm not too happy with that. But, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic play. Um, He wasn't even playing that shallow. Like, it was pretty shallow, but, I mean, I would say it was standard pitcher depth. Like, you're not going to – you're not going to play Mike Trout depth on – Warning track. Yeah, on Trevor Bauer, who is now 0 for 33 in his career at the plate. Um. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna play that way. So I'm not surprised to see that, but it was an absolute frozen rope from medium depth, total Gundam down, fantastic play by Mikey Yaz. There's your first member of the PPP. Yeah, wow. Cannot believe that I took that from you. That's my best. All right. Um, next up we got the Rays and the Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays of Dunedin got out to a three oh lead. And then the fun began. Vladdy Guerrero added a home run, and two more were added by Marcus Simeon and the Blue J- and the Blue Jays. And then for Tampa, two home runs by Brandon Lau and one by G-Man Choi made this a tie ball game. Top of the twelfth, bases loaded, and Francisco Mejia sends a ball deep to right, a grand salami for Tampa. Vladdy hit another out in the bottom of the inning, but the Blue Jays fall to the Rays 9-7. to Give the win to Diego Castillo, the loss to Jeremy Beasley, and today we will see Shane McClanahan versus Robbie Ray. Brandon, this win continues the Rays' current winning streak, which sits now at eight games, while the Blue Jays have lost three in a row after, after coming within a half game of the division lead. 
Yes, and uh, the Rays are playing very hot right now, but they also did make a, a trade today that um, I want to talk about. So uh, the Rays have traded shortstop Willie Adamas and right-handed pitcher Trevor Richards to the Milwaukee Brewers in exchange for right-handed relievers J.P. Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen. Uh, so this yeah. is... Willie Adamas, you know, a guy who is a a defensive option mostly, uh, certainly had a nice 2020 season, uh, and it's just really solid uh, defensively. Another one of these guys for the the Brewers, LJ. I understand why they make this move because you know the the Brewers do trade away Orlando Arcia earlier in the year. Luis uh, Urias is not doing it for them. It's shortstop right now. And they wanted to make a trade, but Willie Adamas, I've always thought of him as a, a, a defensive first guy. And the, the Brewers have been struggling hitting lately. And I don't know how he's going to really fit into the, to this lineup. Yeah. What I see with Willie Adamas, you're right. Is a very, very strong defender here, which goes with the current framework of this Milwaukee Brewers team. I mean, it seems to be to me that they're building their entire team identity around their pitching and their defense. You've got um, insanely insane amount of ground covered in that outfield. You've got a very good infield as well. And you have two of the top pitchers in baseball and Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns right now. So at least you're building in a direction if you're Milwaukee, but you're right, Brandon, this has been a very inconsistent bet. If we go by OPS plus here in his four seasons in the league, we have 109 above average, 97, slightly below average, 127, very good to 2020, and then down to an 81 OPS plus this season. So you don't have anything definite of what you're getting out of Willie Adamas year by year. But Brandon, the more interesting thing here to me is the fact that um, the Rays are f- taking, uh, giving up, first off, a very good player. Uh, yeah. It's been very good for them. However, they're giving up a shortstop. They're giving up a middle infielder. You knew it was going to have to happen at some point between Willie Adamas and Joey Wendell. This should have made you wonder who they could possibly bring up, shouldn't it? Uh, it did make me wander. It, it made me wander too, but instead they decided to completely shut the door on my wandering and bring up Taylor Walls to the team will be called up to replace Willie Adamas. Brandon, I'm, I'm still wondering where Franco is because this is a guy that was talked about coming up in the middle of April. And now this is, almost the end of May, and we don't have a peep out of him. Uh, he's only 20 years old. I mean, I think you have to get him at least a few more weeks in AAA just to see that kind of caliber of pitching. I mean, jumping from whether it's – I I know that the jump from from uh, AA to AAA is certainly a big jump, so – uh, it's important that he can get at bats there, but yeah, it's weird that they do call up Taylor Walls, who is another shortstop prospect. But I think that the Rays knew that they had to trade away w- Willie Adamas at some point because, you know, with Franco coming up, you know, they certainly expect him to be a part of their team for at least the next six years when they have control over him, and it makes sense to get rid of uh, him. And it's in terms of what the the uh, Brewers are going to get out of Adamas, they have control over him through the 2024 season, which, mm. you know, uh, really important. Now we see all these teams uh, so concerned about how much service time control they have on guys. You know, LJ, if they can, like, straighten his bat out where he's not so inconsistent, he provides, in my opinion, a really valuable spot for them, especially because it's shortstop. It's a premier defensive position. He's really good at it, and we've seen him with flashes with the bat. But 
the guy that's coming back, this JP Fireisen, LJ, have you checked out this guy's baseball savant page? Um, no, I just know he got a loss the other day. You should, I mean, at least when I when I looked at this guy's page a couple of days ago, it was nasty. Yeah, go and check it out right now. This is who the Rays just traded for. Um, hold on. But uh, um, this guy's a rookie this year. Yeah, why don't? Yeah, can you read them off? Because I'm having a little bit. Sure. Um, so. He is in the top 10% in these stats. Uh, Expected ERA, expected batting average, barrel percentage, expected slugging, whiff percentage. He's in the first percent or the top number one percent. Uh, Fastball spin, he's in the top three percent. Expected Woba, top seven percent. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Really, the only thing he doesn't do well is he walks batters quite a bit. He's in the 11th percentile. But other than that, he's not been allowing hard contact and has been excellent. Sounds like a Tampa player. But, Brandon, I mean, I just – this is frustrating as a baseball fan who wants to see more excitement in the game and knows that you're only going to see a finite amount of excitement out of any player – while they're in Tampa, and so you might as well get it while it's hot. But first off, let's start off with the fact that Taylor Walls and Wander Franco are both very significant prospects for them. We talked about this before the season, that realistically in the next couple of years, they're both going to have to work into the plan. And so they were going to have to figure out where to move these guys around in order to fit them into the major leagues at some point. But, Brandon, I'm looking here, and I'm seeing very little difference between the two of them other than age, other than four years, and one of them is Wander Franco. I mean, they they both just started AAA this year. This is the first time they've been up at all since um, since they've been here. Uh, what do you call it? Taylor Walls did get some time in AA in 2019. However... He's got a 958 OPS right now. Wander Franco's sitting at an 867. That's not nearly enough of a difference for me to not give the other guy a look over Taylor Walls. I, I, I just I just genuinely question what they're seeing, that they're not trying to get all of the kinks out now. Because, Brandon, we talked about this. This isn't far from a complete Tampa team. It's not like they're going to try to they're going to be a legitimate chance to repeat for the American League pennant. So you should get the guy that could be the face of your franchise in early to work out some of these kinks. I mean, and what, what better opportunity to do that too than on a competitive team? That's where we see so much of the success with young guys. I mean, I think of uh, shortstops. I think of Xander Bogarts coming in mid-August at age 20 or 21 to the 2013 Red Sox and coming up with the big hits when he needed it, working through some of those kinks and just learning to play the game on this level. I don't see anything here that makes me think that Wander Franco isn't ready for this. And it's frustrating that I'm going to be left wandering where Franco is for at least probably another two weeks. Well, um, I think that something the Rays could could be looking at is LJ. I was texting with you about this the other day, or texting yeah with you about this the other day that um the MLB has had nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety seven players oh. ever. Do you think they could be saving him to be the twenty thousandth career player? That was actually the another thing I wanted to talk about that that, that got crossed tonight. That did get crossed tonight. That did get crossed tonight. I do not remember who it was, but they they were talking about it on MLB Network. 
earlier that 20,000 players have officially played in Major League Baseball. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Very impressive. It feels like it should be more, but like, I don't know. Cause like you think about it, what is it? It's like 300 players per season. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, well, just some quick math, 26 times 30 is 780 players total in the league. Okay. That's way off what I was saying. Okay. Well, it's seven, but that's not 780 new players. No, no, no. But like you think about the odds of it, 780 players times 130 years, let's say. Yeah. Or no, let's go with, let's, yeah, let's go with 120 years. Cause then we've got like generally the same size league. Like you'd think it would be bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, well, I just found the 20th, the 20,000th MLB player is Jose Godoy, uh, made his debut with the Seattle Mariners as a catcher. So really cool. Everyone deb- debuts for the Mariners these days. Yeah, this could be the future coming up here. Uh, but let's keep going on with the game recap. On the, to the Brewers and the Reds. Bottom of the first, Tyler Naquin with a three-run home run to open up scoring. Jesse Winker is the big story in this one. He goes deep three times. The Reds win handily 9-4. to four. The win to Jeff Hoffman, now 3-3 three and three on the year. Five innings, two hits, one run, and seven Ks. Adrian Hauser takes the loss, three and five now on the year. Four innings, five hits, six runs. Today's matchup will be Brett Anderson taking on Sonny Gray. All right, Brandon, we've got the Red Sox and the Phillies. The Sox got the bats going in the first with Xander Bogarts driving in a run and Rafi Devers driving in another on a near piss missile off the top of the left field wall. Brandon, I have no clue why they have a, a tiny chain, link, uh, chain mail fence up on top of the wall, but I am not too pleased with it tonight. Gene Segura lift, lifted a two-run shot to center in the third, but don't fear because in the top of the fifth, Danny Santana was just activated from the IL, gave the Red Sox what they were searching for, a piss missile, a piss missile to dead right. The Red Sox then, Brandon, added two more on the most illogical sequence of the game. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. I haven't. A hit to left field. A run's going to score on that. Okay. The the left fielder then throws to the cutoff man, except J.D. Martinez was reading that he was throwing it to the plate. So J.D. goes to run from second to third, except the cutoff man, who was Alex Alex Boehm at the time, goes to throw it back to the second baseman as he's trying to get back to the base and completely misses Gene Segura, who lays out to get the play. So the ball's rolling into into center field. Meanwhile, the center fielder, right fielder, and second baseman are all running for it. What's Gene Segura decided to do? Just lay there. Meanwhile, so J.D. Martinez is running around, and then Xander Bogarts, who hit the ball, comes flying by, flying over second, sees that no one's to the ball yet. He's like, I can take third. Only one issue. Gene Segura is still laying in the base path. So Xander Bogarts, with the most athletic play of the night, hurdles Gene Segura to get three bases out of a single. Gene Segura's dead body in the base path. I mean, and this is after, I guess, um, in the last series, him and Girardi had it out over not hustling on another play. So it would not shock me to not see him in the lineup today after this. Brandon, it was just I don't I don't see how you how you have this that's happen that's, in a baseball game. No, that is you can't be hurdled you can't have a guy who's perfectly healthy have to be hurdled in the middle of a play. Like just no. Um anyway, the Red Sox added yeah now, now to five to two, the Red Sox added another on an Andrew McCutcheon error where it bounces, a grounder bounces right off his glove. And after a seventh inning Raffy piss missile, they get three more off of a Vasquez flyout missed by Bryce Harper. The Red Sox beat the Phillies 11 to three. Brandon, more on that um, 
Harper play. I don't mean to speculate too much, but something was definitely up with him tonight. I'm not sure if it's going to mean translate into any missed time. Well, 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Um, he had the center fielder taking plays for him, like settling under the under and having it called off. And then the last one was a clear, it was like a warning track fly out that he clearly could have gotten to and barely missed it, just misread it. I'm not sure what was going on with him, but it did not look like Bryce Harper out there. Mm, that is when, concerning. The win will go to Martin Perez, who went six innings, allowing three earned runs and seven strikeouts. The loss to Aaron, no way he can stop this team. Nola, he went five innings, allowing four earned runs and nine strikeouts. Tonight will be Nathan Eovaldi versus Philly's top prospect, Spencer Howard. All right, under the Mariners and the Padres. San Diego puts eight on the board in the first two innings. They got home runs from Trent Grisham, Hernando Tatis, and then they get a triple from Tommy Pham. San Diego scores eight more runs in this game, 17 hits in total, certainly an offensive showcase. Uh, San Diego stays hot, and they win 16-1. to Chris Paddock takes the W, six innings, three hits, one run, and six Ks. Chris Flexen with uh, what we call a, a blow-up start. One and two-thirds, ten hits and eight runs. He gets the loss. Brandon, Padres, I'm pretty sure Chris Flexen got flexed on. Yes, absolutely. Tonight, uh, The Padres have won seven in a row. Justice Sheffield faces Ryan Weathers today. All right, Twins-Indians. The Twins rode a solo homer by Ref Snyder in a nine-run fourth inning to a 10-0 win over the Indians. Max Kepler and Alex Kirillov each had two RBIs. Brandon, that ref Snyder home run was the only homer of the day. Every, all of those other nine runs in a singular inning all came off of multiple hits. Just I love that. It's when the really going. Absolutely joke of a pitching inning. Like, you feel like you should luck into a... Uh, you should be able to luck into three outs by the time you can score nine runs without homers. Um, the win will go to Ryan Dobnak. He went six innings of shutout ball with five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Tristan McKenzie. He went three and a third, allowing six earned runs. Next is Kenta Maeda against Shane Bieber. All right, the Orioles and the Nationals. This was scoreless until the bottom of the fifth. The Nats get a double from Kyle Schwarber and a single from Josh Harrison. That makes it 2-0. Juan Soto and Josh Bell add on with hits to make it 4-0. A late Freddie Galvis home run is not enough for Baltimore. The Nats win 4-2. Steven Strasburg in his first start back since mid-April gets the W going 5 and a third, one hit, no runs, and 4 Ks. Uh, LJ, I think that he's he's back. Yeah, let's hope he's back to stay. I mean, again, this guy has always been great. It's just a matter of staying out there. If he can stay out there and they can get on a hot run, maybe we're not looking at them being sellers at the at the deadline, which would be it, which would be a lot of fun to keep this group together. Jorge Lopez takes the loss. Now one and five on the year. Five innings, seven hits, two runs, and eight Ks. Baltimore's lost four in a row. Today's matchup uh, between two lefties, Bruce Zimmerman and John Lester. All right, Astros Rangers down 1-0. Brock Holt's solo piece started a 4-0 Rangers run. The Astros came back and tied the game at 4-all in the eighth inning. Bottom of the 10th, and the Rangers trail 5-4, to four, and Adolis Garcia hit a three-run walk-off piece. Texas beats Houston 7-5. to five. Give the win to Taylor Hearn. Kyle Gibson went six innings, allowing one earned run, and the loss will go to Brian Abreu. Next up will be Lance McCullers Jr. versus Jordan Lyles. All right, on to the White Sox and the Yankees. This was an exciting one. Scoreless until the bottom of the seventh. Glaber Torres with a single to make it 1-0 New York. 
Chicago then ties it right back up in the top of the eighth with a Nick Madrigal single. Top nine, the Yankees bring on Araldis Chapman in a tie game. He allows a, a leadoff walk and then a bunt where he makes an error. So the White Sox have first and second with no outs. The next batter, Andrew Vaughn, uh, he proceeds to hit into a triple play. Uh, this LJ, this is one of the ones where this hit. I'm not sure if they were showing it on MLB Network. I'm sure that they were. I saw it. I mean, you know, that's just like very, very routine. Just hit right to the third baseman, steps on the bag, and they're able to turn it quick. But uh, so after the Yankees turn a triple play and get out of that jam top nine, they get three straight singles in the bottom of the ninth. Those come from Aaron Judge, Gio Rochella, Glaber Torres. Torres with the walk-off. That gets the job done. The Yankees win it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Two to one, Torres with both RBIs in this one. Araldis Chapman picks up his third win on the year. Jordan Montgomery was dominant tonight. Seven innings, four hits, no runs, and 11 Ks. Evan Marshall takes the loss for the White Sox. Carlos Rodon also dominant tonight. Six innings, two hits, no runs, and 13 Ks. So both starters combine for 13 innings, six hits, 24 strikeouts, and no runs. I mean, it was in a pitching showcase. And LJ, I think we can expect the same tomorrow with Garrett Cole facing Dylan Cease. Yeah, Brandon, I'll tell you, this must have been exciting. I can't think of a more exciting singular inning, particularly ninth inning, on both sides in at least my most recent memory. I mean, to have a triple play to end it and then just – march right through that half inning it must have been great to watch yes very very exciting a lot of fun all right i also have the next game colorado and the arizona diamondbacks uh the rockies scored five in the first two innings they got home runs from ryan mcmahon and rymel tapia mcmahon would go yard later in this game the rockies win easily seven to one Give Herman Marquez the W, now three and four on the year. Seven innings, four hits, no runs, eight Ks. Seth Frankoff takes the loss, four innings, seven hits, five runs. Arizona's lost six in a row in nine of their last ten. Madison Bumgarner looks to change that as he takes on Antonio Sensatella today. All right, Brandon, we got the Tigers and the Royals. Top of the second, and Miggy Cabrera steps up to the plate and reminds us he has a certain set of skills, a set of skills that make him a nightmare for teams like the Royals. He hits a solo piece. The Royals work their way to a 5-3 lead in the seventh, but Miggy steps up with the bases loaded and shows just how much of a nightmare he can be. A grand salami and game winner. Detroit takes this 7-5. Give the win to Jose Urania. He went six innings, allowing five earned runs. The loss will be given to Tyler Zuber, who went two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs. Mike Miner went six innings, allowing four earned runs for them. And the save will be Michael Fulmers, his fourth. All right, Mets and Marlins down three to two in the bottom of the seventh. Garrett Cooper ties the game for Miami with a home run. We'd be tied at three in extras after a scoreless 10th and 11th in the top of the 12th. 
Khalil Lee rips a double to score a run for the Mets before a John Shui Fargus triple would break the game open, putting New York up 6-3. to three. Bottom 12, the Marlins are able to get two runs, but it's not enough. The Mets hold on and win 6-5. Drew Smith takes the W out of the bullpen. Marcus Stroman, who had the start, six innings, six hits, two runs, and eight Ks. The loss to Adam Simber. Pablo Lopez faces TBD today. All right. Man, I, yeah. Angels A's trailing 4-3 late to the Angels. The A's get five runs from home runs by Pinder, Loriano, and Lowry. They win 8-4. to four. Give the win to Yasmiro Petit. James Caprillion started the game and went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs. The loss will go to Mike Mayers. Jose Quintana started this one, went five and a third, allowing three earned. All right, last two games, Pirates and Braves. Around the Cunha Grand Slam in the bottom of the second was a sign of things to come in this one. The Braves score runs in every inning except for the third. They get two home runs from Austin Riley, a home run from Ozzy Albies, Marcelo Zuna, and Dansby Swanson. Bottom eight, Ari Adrianza hits a grand slam, the second for the Braves uh, on the night, the sixth Brave to go yard, and they rout the Pirates 20-1, to breaking uh, what – uh, who was it yesterday? The Reds who did it? Or not the Reds. Who scored 19 yesterday? The Giants. The Giants scored 19 against the Reds yesterday, which was the season high for runs. The Braves break it uh, tonight with 20. Uh, Ian Anderson takes the W. Uh, six innings, six hits, no runs, six Ks. LJ, my theory is correct here. When Ian Anderson faces another pitcher with the last name Anderson, the first game, he took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. This game, the Braves score 20 runs as Tyler Anderson takes the loss for Pittsburgh. I mean, LJ, should the should the Braves, like, I don't know. what It just seems, like, very, very strange that Ian Anderson pitches well when he's facing his doppelgangers. Well, let me make this very clear to you, Brandon. Ian Anderson is the one true Anderson. We found the one true Josh. Now we have found the one true Anderson. He is dominating every single Anderson he gets. And the only reason I can see this slowing down, Brandon, is because I can't think of any other Andersons. Who are we missing? Brett, Chase. Oh, wow. We're I'm struggling. Oh, Tim Tim Anderson. Do they even play the White Sox this year? Probably not. According to watch, watch him if if he did watch him, Golden Sombrero in like eight innings. That guy on the Marlins, uh, Brian Anderson. Oh yeah, but pitching wise. Yeah, yeah, they could bring him in. <laughs> uh, it will be, be Mitch Keller versus TBD today. Uh, for the Cubs and the Cardinals, the last game, Jock Peterson home run to open scoring in the first. Tommy Edmond ties the game at one in the bottom of the third. Tied 2-2, top seven. The Cubs score two runs, a wild pitch, and a Chris Bryant double. Top eight, the offense explodes, getting eight runs for Chicago. Two bases loaded walks, three RBI singles, and one RBI double. They win easily 12-3. Kyle Hendricks with the W, his fourth win on the year, six and two thirds, seven hits, one earned, four Ks. Uh, Ryan Helsley takes the loss for St. Louis. Uh, Carlos Martinez, who got the start, six innings, four hits, and two runs. Adbert Alzali will take on Miles Michaelis, who will be making his first start uh, since the 2019 NLCS. He had forearm surgery last July, and uh, yeah, first start back for him. So, so that is something to watch out for, most definitely. All right, Brandon. I believe it's time for the PPP particular players people may care about. 
I at one point had two members of the PPP. However, sadly, one of them is no longer with us. If we can take a moment of silence for Mikey Yaz and his highlight that Brandon cruelly stole from the PPP. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Danny Santana, the home run slammer. This dude comes in after having fighting a foot infection, comes back off the IL and starts right out the gate for the Red Sox. And they didn't mess around with him. Bat him a lead off. He only goes one for five in his return game, but that's okay because it was really solid contact throughout. And more so, he turned on an absolute blast to right field. I mean, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, Brandon, but there was no stride to it and it went like a mile. Like it was, it was just a pure twist. Uh, the feet never like moved from location. It was absolutely, uh, it was very aesthetically pleasing to watch. And he became the first player since 1945 in a Red Sox uniform to start their debut as the leadoff hitter and hit a home run. Wow. That is very interesting. All right. My one is Carlos Rodon, uh, Look, I was listening to the Yankees game on the radio as I was uh, driving home from college today. Uh, and just every single batter just felt like strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. I didn't realize this guy had 13 Ks till I checked the box score after the game. He struck out 13 batters in six innings. I mean, that is a ridiculous line Uh to allow two hits, one was a Miguel Andujar, a single, which was hit hard. But other than that, really didn't allow a, a lot of hard contact. Uh, and this guy on the season, you know, throws the no-hitter earlier in the year, but has been so dominant. LJ, he's only had one start this year where he has allowed more than uh, two earned runs, and that's – once and he's only allowed two earned runs once as well. So, I mean, just so impressive this year. Um, can we talk about uh the Yankees real quick? I have some very interesting stats towards them. Sure. What would Most we like the- to talk about regarding the Yankees? Because I'm sure that I can input to this somehow. Um, mostly the speed here. I've got some very intriguing stats from Pop straight from Papa Elge. Okay. That- just go ahead and further illustrate how slow this Yankees team is. First off, we all know that they've grounded into the most double plays this year. They also have had 10 runners thrown out at home, most in the majors, as well as 20 runners thrown out at a base this year, which is also most of the majors. Three the other day. Yeah. I mean, like, it's great to be aggressive, but if you're that slow, just like quit while you're ahead, buddy. We're the only team who doesn't have a player in the top 100 of sprint speed. Well, it took you like, what, 20 years to get a triple? Yeah, finally. And then we hit two in the same series. And how many in that baseball? <laughs> and that, then, with their luck, probably found a way to get two more runners on just so he could ground into a double play and get out on a double play after the triple. No, let me tell you something that the Yankees are not only the slowest team in the league, and not only do we hit into the most double plays, like you said, we make the most outs on the bases, but also like all those advanced base running stats on fan graphs and everything. It's like all the other teams and then like a huge gap and then the Yankees. All these like, other teams probably take it away. 50 foot pile of crap. <laughs> Tony La Russa trying to run the bases, then the Yankees. Tony, Tony La Russa. Which manager do you think has the slowest sprint speed? Oof. Tony. It's got to be Tony. I was going to say 50 feet of crap. Tony La Russa's ability driving a car. Uh, I mean, no disrespect. Definitely no disrespect here. However, um, I kind of question whether Dusty Baker can make it down the line. 
Yeah, that's. Like, he just gives me serious vibes with that. Other than that, I mean, they've all. All right, Buck make might could kill over and die. Right. Last year, Ron Renicky, who was the manager of the Red Sox, oh, yeah. could he want to call him the manager? Yeah, could well he was your bench coach for a while, right? He was the bench coach for a while, and then everyone's like, "Yay!" It's like you know, they like him. You like him as the bench coach, but then when he becomes the manager, they're like, "Oh, you're here." Like, Honestly, I don't think he was terrible with you guys he, last year because he didn't have much to work with. He wasn't. There was there was no pitching staff. First off, the pitching staff <laughs> was Mazza. non-existent. Chris Mazza, <laughs> Robert Stock, that's the name for you that summarizes this. But also, from a team chemistry and morale standpoint, the majority of the issue with him, with Ron Renicky, was the fact that he wasn't Alex Cora. Yeah, purely and. You know, I, I saw even more of an example of just how much of an off-the-field influence he has on these guys when I was watching the little um, documentary that Nesson did on Xander Bogarts this year um, for one of their, like, as post-game content. And he flat out was talking about who's, like, influential on him, and he goes immediately to Alex and had to say, like, um, he was trying. He was trying to find a way to get the words right because he was trying to compare him to the only other or one of the other other two managers he's had in um, what's his face? Oh my gosh, thirteen to seventeen. This is possibly the biggest brain fart I've had on this show. Um. <laughs> This is tough. It's not that tough. John Farrell, thank you. Mike. John oh. Farrell. That oh, was, oh my what? gosh, that's atrocious. I forgot, you know, John Farrell, interesting because he's a pro fisherman. Yes. Not even joking. He is, you can look it up. Oh, I know. Baseball manager John Farrell is a professional fisherman. Please, please, please do. He somehow finds, yeah, and he somehow finds a way to do uh, baseball commentary on the side between his fishing. But yeah, he was like, John and I got along great. John was great to me. I have no problem with him, but Alex Court is special. Yeah. Was ba- it was basically his words. And it was like, you could tell he was trying not to hurt John Farrell's feelings, but there was a palpable difference between one World Series winning manager and the other. And that's, that's the intangible factor of Alex Cora, what he's able to do with that connection. But yeah, Ron Renicky just doesn't have that, and that was a big issue. Um, who else could, could he get down a baseline though? Ron Renicky? Yes. Um, before, so like he's still got a couple sprints left. Well, from a physically, I would put him. I think it would be a close call. I actually give it to Dusty Baker before I give it to Ron Renicky. He did not look good for his age. Is Joe Madden making it down the line? Yes. I feel like he's like so in shape that it's just like Joe Madden 100% gets down the line. It's it's not pretty, but he gets there. Let's talk about the manager that would be that would be the quickest. I think that Jace Tangler looks like he just has some speed in him. Him or him or Gabe Kapler, because they're both young guys. Dave, oh, you know what? I, um, I think Dave you're forgetting Roberts. somebody, yeah. Yeah, Dave Dave Roberts. How can I forget him? Dave Roberts, 100%. Yeah, just he's got some speed. Guns it down the line. He still you know, has, I really, he has to have it. LJ, like the entire uh, him stealing second off of, you know, the Yankees and the ALCS. That's just wiped from my 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 memory bank, so that's why I. Well, I, you were also two, so I mean, um, yeah, I know, Brandon. I'm pretty sure just to warn you of this, this guy was so fast in that moment. I'm pretty sure he ran so fast that he turned back time, went back to 1776, let them know that the British were coming, 
and also that he was going to steal in that series. Made sure they wrote it down, and then came back, and then he still did it. Yeah. Like, that was written into, like, the history for, like, 200 years of this country that he was definitively going to steal second, and you just can't stop him. All right. Uh, I think we can get on to the leaderboards, and then, LJ, do we have one last thing that we want to talk about after the the, the leaderboards, or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, leaderboards real quick. For war hitters, we have a new leader, Vladdy Jr. at 2.9, the highest mark any player has hit so far this year. Uh, Byron Buxton and Xander Bogarts tied for second at 2.6. For pitchers, Garrett Cole in the lead at 2.6, and he will pitch today. Behind him, Jacob DeGrom and Corbin Burns at 2.2. Home runs. Now a two-way tie between Ronald Acuna and Shohei Otani, both at 14. Batting average, Yermin Mercedes leads with 364. And Adam Frazier leads the league in hits at 59. All right, LJ, uh, all you wrote here in the doc is title of Spencer Turnbull movie. Yeah, I'm not sure why this seems like such a foreign object to you, Brandon. No, it is not. It It is an extension of our conversation from yesterday. We were talking about what we would call our romantic comedy with Spencer Turnbull's true love story in there. LJ, clearly you have thought about a name because you threw this in here at the end. Well, Brandon, we decided we were going to take this into a long, long form thing. And I figured today should be the day. Let's decide on the name. Let's nail that down right now. Um, just again, as a refresher, Spencer Turnbull might have thrown, put in, the greatest clutchest move you'll ever see something straight out of a movie he goes throws a no hitter for the detroit tigers and then two days later professes and declares his love for a married woman not just a married woman a woman married to a pastor a pastor that was formerly at one of the most popular churches in america this is this is the story of the year in baseball. I am convinced of it. I think I've sold Brandon on it. And I think it's time we figure out the title for this movie. So far, all we know is that Isabella Monaire will be playing um, Ashley Turkhurst. And I believe we got the preliminary people in the running to play um, Spencer Turnbull. We have yeah, currently Will Smith. Will Smith is the front heavy front runner. Seth Rogen. Chuck Norris, and wasn't there somebody else? You know, I think that we should just stick with those three because I really don't want to let my mind wander too far. Uh, oh, no, know. no, we have to let our mind wander. We have to find the best option here. Well, no, I have to ask, what is our what is what what is our hypothetical budget here? I mean, like, and really, what the, what would the price be for, I think, possibly the best look fit? Prince Harry. In terms of our budget, I feel like those those summer rom coms do really well. I feel they do. So like you can increase the the budget a little bit because we're 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 banking that this is going to be a, a a awesome movie. Well, I guess my question is, I don't. Well, first off, who do you think is going to actually cost the most of these, and how much do you think Prince Harry would do it for? So. I think I still think Will Smith is just like premium pricing. Isabella Monaire is close because like she's like you know going to be the next big thing, but but she hasn't hit a list status either. I mean, what has Chuck Norris been doing lately? I feel like he could use his the cheap options. He could use the opportunity to get there, and then. Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, we could give him production credit and bring him on to also write. And that would actually probably work out very well. However, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about titles. And I have a rather sweet one. And other than that, I'm willing to workshop anything else. Holy Diamond. You got I I am such a fan. You've got the you've got the pastor's wife. 
You have the baseball diamond. You have the diamond ring the pastor gave her that is now just like, you know, completely thrown out the window. I think it sums things up pretty well. Did you have any ideas? No, I don't. But that, um, I could not have come up with one as good as that. I'm, let's, let's stick with that. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good spot to leave this discussion for today. Brandon, I don't know what you're thinking, but we should probably nail down who Spencer Turnbull will be tomorrow. And then maybe if we have time, get into who, um, what's his face? I'm, I'm blanking on the pastor's name now. That's terrible. Um, poor guy just lost his wife. Um, no, I'm pretty sure Steve Buscemi is the uh, front runner to play him. Mm, wow. That would be, that would be something. That would be something. Um, LJ, there was one last topic I wanted to bring up just really quick. I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, former Major League pitcher Felipe Vasquez used to pitch with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was recently found guilty. Um, so he pitched as as recently as 2019, where I want to say he made the All-Star game. Like, this guy was a legit closer. Yeah, makes the All-Star game in 18 and 19. LJ, he was just found guilty of statutory sexual assault of a 13-year-old. I mean, are, are you kidding? As well as sexual abuse of children and child pornography, among other charges. 15 counts. Yeah, and he could face a deportation, which... Probably should. This is, for a guy who was, I mean, he was a legit closer i mean his stats from 2017 through 2019 a 208 era plus i mean that's that's no joke and clearly what he does off the field uh yeah not right what's is not ideal for a a pro athlete or really anyone to be engaging in no offense brandon i just don't think that whether a guy can throw a ball really hard or not is any uh, any indicator on whether or not he's a rapist. Like, I don't think there's a certain miles per hour you get on your fastball that takes you out of the rape range. So, like, it's again one of those it's again one of those cases where you have no clue who is going to be an absolute freak and who's going to do things like this. I mean, how many times are we going to see it in sports where we think? where we think these guys are perfect and nice and clean, clean cut. And then all of a sudden they go out and they do something awful, be it any fr- anything from drugs to guns to, I, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that have happened in sports and yet we haven't learned the lesson that they aren't the cookie cutter thing that goes out on the field. I think for a lot of people seeing Deshaun Watson, you know, go through all of everything that he's currently going through, that was like a big shock to a lot of people because that's a guy who has relatively stayed out of trouble, right? Like either we yeah. never really heard anything about him where, you know, no off the field issues for all we know, he's a team leader, like wants to like, look is very concerned about winning, but. I think the biggest thing with Deshaun Watson to me is the glowing endorsement by Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney, probably is one of the nicest people in college football yeah like genuinely great guy cares about people cares about his team cares about and loves football and i i cannot believe honestly that's somebody i would have a hard time believing of being a bad guy as Dabo sweeney but he has nothing but wonderful words to say about deshaun watson and i mean think of how many times I mean he came into he interrupted uh Deshaun Watson's contract extension interview. Yeah. yeah. Um just to tell him how proud he was of him. I, I can't remember one of them cried, didn't they? They had to have. It's... One of one of them at least choked up. And it was it was very touching because he just absolutely loves this guy. I, I can't I can't imagine he had any idea that anything would go on like this. No. Uh and it's a real shame, but um, yeah, 
LJ, I think that's a good place to wrap up today's show. Uh, thank you for listening. LJ and I will be up in approximately six hours to watch the Monaco Grand Prix qualifying. Um, I'm recording that stuff. Are you kidding? Uh, I've had I've had two early mornings in a row. No, thank you. Or at least surprise mornings. Brandon will be up in six hours to watch the Monaco Grand Prix qualifying. But um, yeah, thank you. LJ will be up when he gets to it. <laughs> thank you all for listening to another episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon underscore Karam. LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. That's going to do it. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.